0: It's the BritFlix FrightFest Preview Podcast Series 2015. Welcome to another BritFlix FrightFest Preview Podcast. Today I've got with me, please introduce yourself.
1: Hello, it's April Mullen, all the way from Canada, uh, the director of Far Hope Tower.
0: Director and starring in as well, I do believe.
1: This is true. (laughs) Guilty as charged.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Don't be bashful now, you're promoting your movie.
1: I should say slate as charged.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hey! So, can you give us a brief synopsis of what the film's about, please?
1: Of course. So, it's a bunch of ghost hunters going into old, abandoned tower which is known for its suicides and basically they've been having this calling to go there and they're trying to create the greatest pilot Mm -hmm. um you know reality show and on the hunt for some paranormal activity but when they enter the building things slowly start changing and they can't get out of the building and things unwind including their minds and uh you know there's possessions that take place and it just slowly gets worse and worse and worse and like you know it's a It's a slow burn, but the last 20 minutes of the film just really hit home, and then there's sort of a twist at the end.
0: Fantastic. That is, yeah. So if if a film was split into four quarters equally, and it was 25% each, and one quarter was scares, one quarter was mystery, one quarter was gore, and one quarter was psychological, and that's evenly split, what would be the split for your movie?
1: I believe the split would be there's a lot of psychological. Mhm. The last 20 minutes is gore. Oh. And then the first, you know, act 1 is very thrilling. You know, it feels like a thriller. So and then it-, it turns into psychological and then there's a hardcore gore finale.
0: <laughs> Wow's it? Wow, is it?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So when when and where can people see it at fright fest?
1: august 30th it's world premiere and it is at two o'clock
0: and how stoked are you about the prospect of a world premiere and people coming to see your movie
1: it's absolutely fantastic there couldn't be a better world premiere we are in love with the fight fest audiences and the programmers so we just feel like it's a real home for that film and where it belongs so we're really pumped and honored to be a part of the festival and can't wait to unleash the world premiere there because we just think it's the right fit.
0: And are you going to be in attendance with for your world premiere?
1: It's undecided. I'm shooting another film in Canada right now, yeah. but I am currently, yes, attending.
0: Okay, okay. That seems that seems as committed as you can be. If work if work comes your way, I suppose you have to go there, don't you?
1: I do, but I'm definitely committed to being there at this point, and I can't wait.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, look when when you were in the when you're in the process of sort of did, coming on board as the as. I mean, take us through how you come to be in the movie and directing the movie. Which came first?
1: Directing came first. Okay. Uh, yeah, definitely.
0: And how did that? I was always that...
1: on board uh, to direct the feature. Okay. And then we were sort of looking for a lot of Zoey's, and it was a small, really small crew and small, knit, you know, group of actors, because the whole film is, you know, four or five actors. Yeah. So it's a very small crew very small cast and we just wanted somebody who gelled really well and was able to move as quickly as the rest of the team and then you know I've acted and directed in Dead Before Dawn before and okay. 88 and Rock Paper Scissors my first my first entrance into the industry was through acting so I've been acting for you know over 15 years yeah and uh, then we just thought we'd be able to move faster if it was me and plus I don't require a trailer <laughs> <laughs>
0: So logis- I, just, logistics. I just run and gun
1: it. I wear some boots and I get dirty.
0: <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. So uh, what, when you say you're, you're always going to be brought on to direct it, is that like, is that from the inception of the screenplay? Was the screenplay already written when you were brought on board?
1: Uh, no, we were brought on board. Uh, Tim and I, Tim Doran, produced, yeah. we we're both co-producing. We okay. basically oversaw the entire script process. So we saw it from beginning, middle to end. So we were there for treatment. And then our first draft. And so I was always sort of involved in the writing aspect as well.
0: That's brilliant. That means I can ask you about that then. So uh, thinking about that process then, what was what was the sort of hardest challenge to resolve in, in storytelling terms for this script?
1: The biggest thing for us was we wanted to create something really fresh um, yeah. and create a full circle as well. We really wanted to have some twist and turn in the... So for the audiences to be surprised at the end and for things to come full circle, we really love stories that do that and there's a really strong payoff at the end. But we didn't want the payoff to be cliche, so we really wanted it to ride a fine line and keep people, you know, keep them guessing and keep the entertainment value up and really inv- all of them invested in all of the characters and their uniquenesses and uh, just have a home run at the end so that, you know, it really was a payoff for those watching and dedicating that hour and a half of their lives to the film.
0: That seems that seems like a fair proposition for a movie.
1: Yeah, it's important. <laughs> it's the blueprint. Without the blueprint, you might as well not build the house.
0: <laughs> no, no, to- no, totally, totally. I, I, you know, it's uh, it's not it's not always given as much importance in horror. So it's good it's good to hear it's good to hear that.
1: Yeah, we really wanted to give unique characters and stray away from many stereotypes as well. And we really wanted to have a lot of a psychological element to it without it being overly heady, if that makes sense. So yeah, we yeah. think we created something very unique. You know, there's a psychological element without it being too far-fetched or too out there. It just really is a unique story, and we felt that we had read a lot of stories where certain similarities came to life, and we thought that that was compelling and exciting to watch sort of one person slowly turn into everyone's worst enemy, you know?
0: Sure, sure. So was, was there a kind of, was there a, was there a curdle of an idea that sort of, Brought, brought this script to life That where, where it started
1: It started with Us wanting to create something That was compelling psychologically But then have go- gore elements And we, we also wanted to create Sort of a thriller as well mm-hmm. And uh, that became the mix of Far Hope Tower and then we just Set out to achieve that goal
0: Okay.
1: Through like obviously the way we shot it The music, the actors we chose Everything's grounded and really truthful And that was really important to us but, but you know, but Tim and I have done comedy as well, like we did Dead Before Dawn Three D, yeah. which is a comedy meant for you know, fifteen to twenty-one year olds. So yeah. we really wanted to stray away from that and make this much more thrilling and.
0: So you're, what yeah. you're you're looking for us to invest in the people that you're you're throwing up on screen, is rather than just, rather than just watch them haphazardly get get to die at some point.
1: <laughs> Definitely, and we found it really intriguing to watch somebody's mind sort of get overtaken by a. By a spirit, we thought that that was really exciting and, and, and interesting. It sort of has like a shining moment to it, you know, with a nice. younger cast and a younger Jack Nicholson. So the actor John White did a really good job of riding that fragility between, you know, getting uh, certain amounts of possession and turning and morphing into the spirit, but also trying to maintain the trust levels of keeping his friends to continue going up the tower. Yeah. You know, it was, a, it was very unique to watch him work and watch him go in and out of character. It was, you know, it's all beneath his eyes and all in the subtext. And it's very, very creepy at times to watch that. And you think, ooh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> is that the actor? Is that the person? And I feel very afraid, you know, and it's, it's, it's amazing because all of the other three people really trust him because mm. they go in as a team and they love him and it's a leader of the group. And, He's usually this, you know, the brave one and the hero, and he slowly turns, and they keep trusting, and they shouldn't have because he's actually turned into someone else. So,
0: so is is there a, is there a sense that you could read it two ways that that, that there is the supernatural sort of possession, or it is some, or it is somebody just going mad?
1: Yeah, definitely. You can definitely read it both ways.
0: Okay. Okay. So when 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 you were looking when the script was all developed and and. And I realise I'm jumping over a lot of process here, but when, when no you were, when you're at the bit where you come to be shooting the movie, what on the page for you as director um, seemed like the most insurmountable about what you were trying to achieve, and 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 how did you get over that, or what were the breaks you got to get 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 to the, get to what you thought was successful?
1: Hmm. I think after doing a 3D feature on a low budget, nothing mm. is insurmountable. <laughs> I kind of got rid of all my like. How on earth are we going to achieve the impossible? Yeah. So that kind of I got I got rid of that a few films ago. So now I'm just sort of like, oh my gosh! It's one camera and it's light and it's 2D. Everything is exciting to me. And we used a lot of steady cam in the film and there's a lot of really cool long sort of you know long shots without cuts. And I was really excited to work with our CP Jean and and sort of feel allow the characters to breathe in the space and, you know, let the film breathe. And those things were exciting to me because I'd never done a thriller, you know, Mm. or a psychological horror before. So me just as a director, that was what was exciting and challenging because I just had never done, I'd never done a film like that with that kind of tone before. So it wasn't insurmountable so much as like a very exciting challenge to me. I was like, oh, this is going to be great. And, you know, our shooting schedule was very tight and it was shot, in uh, 14 days and we had several several location changes and so that's always something I guess time I would say time is always of the essence and always yeah. kind of nipping at your
0: heels yeah
1: and so it should be so <laughs> I guess those are the two things that
0: you know in, in, in terms of that style that you talk about when you, and you that freedom you had to to to, to shoot and you know, and, and the the lack of variables that you had compared to doing the three D stuff. How, how much, how much of that was um, what you arrived on set with, and this this was your plan, and how much of, and what what were the kind of things that emerged out of the shoot, as it were?
1: So the thing that I love about the process in general, like filmmaking, is so exciting because sometimes I feel like it never is you know, entirely at all what you've envisioned and new things come to life through every facet, you know, through the locations, through the actors, through, you know, the lighting that day, through the weather, everything kind of has to be malleable and you have this kind of... Going in, you have this titan of an idea, and you are really excited about it. But it also really, you know, really unique changes happen throughout the day. It's like an organic beast, like, sort of transforms in front of you, and you just have to know how to pull out the pieces of magic and sort of throw away the things that aren't working and, uh, you know, work with what's in front of you and what's given to you. Yeah. That being said, like, one of our locations we feel were legitimately haunted, and, and it was in this old abandoned tower in Buffalo. And we never... Thought about that and then going in and doing ghost hunting work and actually having a, a feeling of another presence and then certain things would fall throughout takes and you know trying to calm the actors down because there's there's an amount of fear that's already happening throughout the, career, the crew because the script is so sort of walking on eggshells. So I never in a million years thought that there would be something scary with the locations that we had chose. I never thought there would be sort of a another feeling or a sense of something else being there but that actually happened so those kind of things kind of spin your world around and think like is this a joke or is this actually happening oh my gosh it is happening you <laughs> know and then you find out stories was gonna say, i was going
0: to say I don't think they teach you that at film school do they the uh, what? no
1: they don't you know they don't they don't tell you that the security guard is going to tell you that there had been you know several murders in the building and and so Prince starts kind of like freaking out and you have to kind of, you know, bring the troops back to reality and be like, guys, it's okay. It's a film. We're going to be fine. But I never in a million years thought that that building would have such a strong presence and such a character. But I think that that really helps the film in a lot of ways and it helps the actors. It helped our crew. It just, it caused this realism of fear and sort of, paranoia which was actually you know you can read it on the screen you can see it on the screen which I think was actually a you know a blessing in disguise
0: no no no. and uh, just just out of interest how did the security guard sort of drop this this sort of murder bombshell on you all
1: how, how did you tell us yeah yeah, well, yeah. So, off, should I should say when, when did it come in the elevator really yeah It was in the elevator. Like, we had never been told when we did the location scouting, so it was all fine. But then in the elevator, the elevator sort of went to any floor it wanted all the time. And we were, like, sort of joking that that was part of what happens in the script. They can't get out of the building. And then the security guard, well, sometimes I actually can't get out of the building when it closes because (laughs) the – and there's only – one. there's there's some staircases also – doesn't work anymore. It's non-functioning because there was, you know, black mold or something like that. So the only way in and out of the building is the elevator, which ironically had a mind of its own and would go to floors inexplicably. So it all started with like laughs and jokes in the elevator, but then it's quickly turned to like, Are we going to be trapped here? Is this going to become like a documentary? And then they find the footage, (laughs) 10 years from now, (laughs) and know what happened to all of us. So it kind of went out of control. And, you know, you kind of have to tell everybody, it's okay, calm down. Let's keep shooting so we make our days and make the best film possible. And we just used whatever kind of creepiness we had. Sometimes the gear was, like, getting up because people were stuck in the elevator. But who knows? There's inexplicable things that kind of... Brought that whole side of the film.
0: To I was going to say, well, what, what, what kind of energy did that bring to to, uh, to your to your cast?
1: At first, it was fine, but then it sort of got a little scary. So then, you know, I kept saying, you know, use it and it'll it'll work. And then, you know, at lunch, we would all sort of get out of the building and see the sunlight again and remind ourselves that it's fine and we're just making a movie and go back in. And slowly, it would creep. So it was good that we were only in there for you know 3 days at particular location i don't think we could have stayed there the whole time
0: did you did you ever get to the bottom of it or are you just you just write it off as it nope. was haunting
1: <laughs> we never got to the bottom of it to this that's day insane. so we just kind of nobody talks about it well this is the first time i actually ever talked about it so that's yeah that was really really unexpected so when you say something unexpected that definitely was unexpected <laughs>
0: That that wasn't what I was expecting, but it's good. It's good stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So so um, so luckily, I'm talking to you now, and I'm not reviewing the real found footage of the horror filmmakers. Thank God. Who, <laughs> Thank God. Exactly. I'm not looking at a mad viral video of that that someone's put on the web. Um, so um, without giving too much away. Um, but but maybe maybe drawing on some specifics, what what are you most excited if you do make it over to the to the festival, uh, if work allows? Mm-hmm. What are you most mm-hmm. excited for the Fright Fest audience to sort of experience from your movie or something they're likely to see that you that you're quite proud of?
1: The last twenty minutes of the film, I would be really excited to be in the audience and see what the reactions are. Yeah, because I think it's sort of. Ha- the end unravels very quickly, and I think it goes to a place that no one will expect it to.
0: Brilliant.
1: And it's pretty shocking. So that's what, that's what I would be pumped up about at the back, sort of like eating my popcorn really furiously fast <laughs> and excited about. It. I'm like, oh, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Uh, but yeah.
0: So, and how do you, I mean, obviously it's not your first film. How do you, how do you find watching your film with other people?
1: I love it. I mean, it's interesting. Every single audience is completely different, and every single, person reacts differently. And I just love sharing, you know, sharing our work with, with, with audiences in, you know, every capacity and especially with genre audiences, because there's so much love and support from them that it's just contagious. You know, it's very contagious to be around them and be surrounded by them. It's like your peeps, you know, you're like, Oh, I'm at home and they totally get it. Awesome. (laughs) And there's so many little innuendos that they, they're just so smart and they they really pick up on everything and I just really find them to be intelligent and I love that.
0: No, no, no. The, uh, the Fright Fest crowd is a particular, particular discerning mm-hmm. one. Um, exactly. So let's remind people, when, when can they see your film at Frightfest then?
1: Sunday, August 30th and it is playing at 2 o'clock p.m.
0: Brilliant, brilliant. Now look, one last question we like to ask people is uh, to bring me back on message as com's podcast is to give me your favourite British horror film?
1: Hmm. Okay. Um. We were talking earlier. I think I would say The Wicker, and also a film called Creep.
0: So Wicker Man and Creep.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's my vote. They're good votes. Nobody's voted for Creep yet, so it's good to give that a shout out. Now, as has mm. has um, Now, this is your world premiere. But has had, if for those people not who might be listening to this that aren't coming to FrightFest, is th- is there an official release date at all being decided for the film or is the
1: not future- yet, not is yet? The- I think we're going to do the festival circuit for the next at least you know six months. Okay, and then we'll have a lot more after that to let you know.
0: Brilliant, brilliant. All right, then. Well, look, good luck with the good luck with the world premiere at FrightFest. I'm sure it will be a ball.
1: Okay, thank you so much.
0: And thank you very much for your time. It's the BritFlix Frightfest Preview Podcast Series 2015. If you don't already subscribe to BritFlix, just sign up for free at iTunes and you'll get the next episode right after we launch it. Or follow at BritFlix on Twitter for links to the podcast to stream from the website directly. Thank you.